Well, good morning. <laughs> Welcome to the Christian Church of Vestas Park. We are disciples of Jesus that build disciples of Jesus. And uh, my name is Aaron Lee Pastor, and we're right now uh, almost near the end of our Say Yes series. We started this at Easter as we say yes to new life in Christ and realize that there's two aspects of that. Uh, to be alive, which is important, to be born again, to have eternal life, which is awesome. But then the better part is the different way of living, this new life that God has for us, a better way of, of, of how we can experience uh, our world and in Christ in it. And so as we've been going through this series, uh, it's really part of a bigger picture we've been focusing on this year is worshiping God uh, and how important that is. Jesus said uh, that uh, God is spirit, is his uh, followers was worship him in spirit and in truth. And so we really want to make sure that we're really in truth worshiping God. And so we focus this year about what is worship. Well, worship is whatever our life revolves around. That's what we worship. And so think about with your time or with your checkbook or with uh, your friends or wh- however you spend your energies, whatever, uh, whatever influences those things that your life revolves around, that's what we're worshiping. And God invites us. He says the, really the true way, the best way of finding real life is when we put God at center. And fortunately, the scripture gives us some very practical ways to take that ethereal concept and to put it into practice in our life. And so uh, that's, uh, we can worship him with our time, with our talent, with our treasure. We see in scripture, God invites us to do that. And so in February, we began by focusing on how we worship God with our treasure. We uh, had that time, that series, and we had what, almost uh, 50 members in our church kind of join together as we uh, took the tithe challenge and how amazing to hear the stories, how God has done work in that and and uh, just amazing when we center our life on God, how God, He works. Well, right now, we're focusing on how do we worship with our talents. And that's a little more difficult. And our talents are really how he, we've been gifted, how God has, has created us, how He's crafted us to be. And, and, and so when we worship God with our talents, it's really it's using those gifts as an act of faith. It's trusting that God has designed us for a reason. He's prepared us to, do, to use those to serve Him and to other people. And so when we do that, when we invest our talents as an act of faith, it's called ministry, right? And so this ministry or this mission, I would say this series, I say, is all about really ministry. How do we connect with the ministry that God has prepared for us? Now, we learned some things about ministry at the very beginning of this, that we started with that ministry is discipleship. We say we're disciples of Jesus that build disciples of Jesus, and that's really truly who we are. What we found was, at least what I found was very interesting when we began studying this, is the Word of God talks about ministry is itself a discipleship. That uh, ministry is the way in which disciples, God has called us to grow up in faith. And why I thought that was so profound is that Before that, I always saw ministry as something for mature Christians. And the reason I saw ministry as for mature Christians is because I always saw mature Christians in ministry. What I didn't realize is the Word of God says is ministry is how Christians are matured. No wonder we see mature Christians in ministry. That's how it happens. And so ministry is the form of discipleship. The Word of God tells us it helps us to grow in Christ. It leads to maturity in character and in doctrine. And it also leads to unity in the faith. Unity in the church starts when we actually start expressing our life, our our faith, that God has designed us and created us for good works. Amazing thing. We also discover that ministry isn't just discipleship, but it's also worship, right? When we begin ministering, I invest my talents, I actually start serving God and other people as an expression of my faith, using the gifts that he's given me to as, as a way of serving. I'm actually putting God at the center of my life, and I'm agreeing with him that he created me for a reason. I'm allowing his priorities to take 
priority in my life. I go back to our memory verse, which we'll remind ourselves in just a minute, that he created me for good works. And so when I choose ministry, I am choosing to put God at center. I'm, I'm allowing my life to revolve around his plans for my life. It's an act of worship. We also discover that, that ministry is empowered by God. How many of us want to see God do something amazing, miraculous in our world today? It happens through ministry. Why? Well, because when we are ministering, we are partnering with God himself. I'm not just doing these things on my own. It means that I'm working along with God, which means that through ministry, God will do more through my efforts than I can take credit for. He will do miraculous things, which is amazing. It's the evidence and the proof of the Holy Spirit present in this world today, which is why as I pray for you, and I pray for you every week, and as I pray for you and prayed in general for the church, I've changed my prayers. For years, I prayed, I asked God, Lord, what can we do? And I've changed that. And I've started praying, God, what will you have us do? What do you want to do through us? Because the amazing thing is, if ministry really is this way, it's empowered by God, God's going to do more through us than we could do on our own. We have to stop looking around and saying, what are we capable of? We have to start looking up and saying, God, what are you capable of? And what are you calling us to do? And the reason that's such good news is I look out into this community and I see too much suffering and pain and brokenness for this small church to be able to handle. But I don't see near enough suffering to be overwhelming to God. He is more than enough. God changed the world with 12 faithful people. And he's changing the world still today. We understand that that when we begin to, to invest our lives, worship God through ministry, he does amazing, miraculous things. And that's what we've been focusing on this entire series. How do we begin to, to worship God with how he crafted us, created us? But the interesting thing is that God talks about the body of Christ as a body. There's all kinds of different systems in the body, right? There's a circulatory system I hear. I hear a respiratory system, digestive system, and they're all different, right? And God specifically designed those parts to do what they're supposed to do. Aren't you glad that your respiratory system is disattached from, from your digestive system, right? That he designed things to work in the right way. Well, if we're part of the body of Christ, it means that he's made us in different ways. And so we, as the a, as a leadership in the church, we spent some time and we prayed about it, and we talked about it, and we looked at this body of Christ. What are the different systems, areas of the church that we have, that uh, are part of this body, that make it work? And so that's what we've been going through every week, just a different system. So that way you'll find which part, you're certainly built for one of them, which area did God craft and design you to serve and to thrive in? And so uh, today we talk about administrative ministry. And for some of you are like, oh, and others are like, yes, right? Administration ministry. Of course, before I get to that, we do want to just remind ourselves of why we're doing this, why we believe in that's our memory verse for this series, Ephesians 2.10. Uh, it's been about two months in, so I hope it's starting to stick. But just even if it's your first time through, uh, that's all right. We're going to just say it a few times and remind ourselves of the truth of God's word, which provides us that theological cornerstone to let us know that ministry truly is worship. All right, so this is what it says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Isn't that good news? Isn't it amazing to know that you're not a mistake, you're not an accident, that God crafted you specifically to do something, and what he crafted you to be and to do is good. Good. 
Today we're going to talk about maybe some of that way is to do some good works is in administration. So if you have your Bibles, let's go back a slide to, uh, let's see, Acts chapter 6. There it is. Uh, Take your Bibles out, Acts chapter 6. And uh, if you happen to uh, have forgotten your Bible, don't worry about it. We've got a bunch of them in the back, and we'll be on page 762 in our church Bibles. And if you need a Bible, please keep it. It'll be our gift to you. All right. So Acts chapter 6. Let me catch you up with what's happening in Acts chapter 6. Uh, this is after we had the church uh, Pentecost, and Pentecost was a big deal in the church. You see, Jesus came, he, he had his ministry, he died, he rose again after three days, and then he spent 40 days with the disciples, right, so that they knew, and, and all of the other Christians that were there, showing himself, making sure they knew he was alive. After that 40 days, he ascends, and he tells them before he ascends, he says, listen, go to Jerusalem and wait, because you're going to receive the Holy Spirit, because you can't do this ministry on your own, you've you got to be with you. When the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, right? So you got a big task, and he's going to send them out to do that. So the disciples go, they wait, all of a sudden, you know, after a little while, the Holy Spirit shows up, and, the God, and all of a sudden, we have thousands of people come to faith in Jerusalem. And just a few weeks ago, I was there, standing right there with the baptistry where all the church was, those 3,000 were baptized. We were standing there. It was a really kind of surreal and amazing as, as God builds this church. Well, I'll tell you what. When the church goes from less than, you know, like 100, maybe, maybe 300 to 3,000 overnight, you got administrative nightmares. That's what happens here in this passage. The church grows, and all of a sudden, there's a problem. Administrative issues start to arise because people are people. Right? And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to start reading in Acts uh, chapter 6, verses 1, and we're going to go through verse 7. It says, In those days, when the number of disciples were, was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from amongst you who are well known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them, and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. Well, this proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parsimonus, and Nicholas of Antioch, the convert to Judaism. And they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread, and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. In this passage, we see the power of administration ministry, right? This is what an amazing passage here, because you see the church at a point of crossroads. It starts to grow, but all of a sudden, now you see that that, uh, there could be a church split. There could be a lot of hurt people. The church at this point was really going to be in trouble if they didn't address this issue well. And instead, because it addressed it well, the church grew. So a couple of insights about administration and ministry, how it works in the church. And then we're going to talk about uh, some areas in the church that you can serve. You've been called administration. First thing is we see administration, what does it do? It supports ministry. That's what this ministry is about. It's supportive ministry. This ministry is about building others up. Right? And so we find that the administration does this starting by providing leadership. Here you have a problem. Have you ever noticed that if you have a problem, somebody has got to step up and say, all right, we're going to solve this? If everybody just kind of looks around, you're like, are you going to do it? Are you gonna, then nothing gets done. 
It's one of the reasons administrators have such great things. They step up and they say, we're going to solve this. And the apostles did that. The buck stopped there and they said, we're going to solve this problem. Here's a, here's a way out. Here's our solution. It provides leadership. Deacons did the same thing, right? As they raised up these seven and they laid their hands on them and they, they made them this was our first deacons, those seven made sure that things happened. They provided leadership to make sure that the, the, the widows were all fed. Important. Another way that it provides um, administration supports ministry isn't just giving leadership so that way ministry can take place. It, it empowers people to serve. Right? Administration isn't about doing everything. It's making sure everything gets done. And you see the, the 12, the apostles, right? Those 12, what are their first thing? They didn't say, okay, this is a really big deal. We'll handle it. What they said is, we have too much to do. Okay, we have our priorities. We're going to make sure that we're solid in the word. We have to make sure that we're praying. But that takes a lot of time. And if we spend our time doing this, we won't have time to take care of the widows. So we could choose one or the other. And so what did they do? They used wisdom and they used administration, the, the spiritual gift of delegation. That's what they ex- exercise. It's a great gift. And they said, choose seven. We're going to give this responsibility to them. Right? And so what it does is we find that administrative ministry always is, is out, it's empowering other people to serve. That's what it does. And so the apostles actually picked seven guys who were probably way better than they were and making sure the details of the distribution of food was taken care of. Another way that we find that administration supports ministry is that it handles details. Small things matter, right? Me personally, I am not a, a, an administrator as much as I am a leader, right? I can see, I've got, I'm farsighted. I can see the peak. I'm like, we're going to go, we're going to climb that peak. That's where we're going to go. I'm going to do the big things. But I'll tell you, if you want to climb that peak, there's a lot of steps along the way. And sometimes you come across rivers and sometimes you come across little problems in the road. Sometimes you need a sandwich and all that kind of stuff, right? If you want to go on a hike, it's good to have an administrator with you to say, hey, pack a sandwich, right? And bring your hiking boots and you know what? It's going to take this long, and we're going to have to do all these little things. So that way, you don't die on the path up to the peak. That's what administrators do, is they take care of the details. Small things matter. And some people are gifted at sweating the small things. And because of that, they ensure the success of the church. It's what they do. The apostles, big vision. And we're going to pray, we're going to, we're going to make sure that we're keeping what God told us to do. They said, all right, they'll pick seven guys who are all good at taking care of these details, making sure that not one widow gets missed. Details matter. And so one of the ways the administration supports ministry is by making sure the details take place. They matter. I mean, little things like, did you know that if it wasn't for somebody actually making sure we had keys to open the building, all of us would be standing outside right now? right? That's a, that's a big deal, right? Somebody had to pay the light bill, right? Somebody had to go through and make sure we pay the right amount to the electric company every single month. Those little details seem small, but they're big. Administration ministry supports what we do. And without administration, good administration, the church would fall into chaos. Same as it was in the first church, early church, same it is now. The second thing we learn about administration is this, it's essential to church health. Without good administration, like I said, it just dissolves into chaos. Have you ever seen an artistic person try to run like uh, an administrative thing, like a business or something? Like it's good for small, like a one-on-one type thing, but if they try to get something very big, it leads to a lot of frustration because their gifts are, are different, 
right? They see big picture stuff, not the little thing. Little things like wear on them, and so the little things don't happen. And then eventually the whole business doesn't happen. Administration, because it sees the big picture, because it's empowering others, it helps making sure all the stuff takes place. It makes the church healthy. The early church wasn't going to be healthy. A healthy church doesn't neglect half of its widows. That's not healthy. That's not good. It's not showing Christ's love in a real and practical and true way. But in order to make sure that all those widows got fed, there had to be somebody who was good at saying, okay, how much bread do we have? How much bread do we need? Who can cook? Who can travel? Who can take these things over to the widows? And guess what? It's more than just bringing food to widows, by the way. It's loving the widows. Who are the right kind of people to make sure that they go, right? There's a lot of little details that had to take place so that the church could do what the church is required to do. And this is the same way here. See, administration manages God's household. The, the church is not a, a corporation, right? We are a family. And I think that's an amazing thing. It's, it's important distinction. Because when we look at church leadership, like elders, you notice the qualification for elders? It says to look at how a man runs his household. If, if, he's, not, if he's not managing his household well, there's no business trying to manage the church, which is a family. Because it's the same skill set. It doesn't say, look how he manages his business. It says, look how he manages his household. Make sure that, that they know how to take care of all these things, that they have a budget and that they have a plan and that they have food every night and the people that their children are clothed, and, right? That he knows how to take care of those things. That's reason because the church is a family. And administration takes care of the church family. Not just making sure things get done, but they get done in a loving and a right way. Administration it guarantees no one falls through the cracks. You know, a family in which like one child isn't cared for, you probably have some some doubts as to, you know, how solid this family is, right? If you have like you have like six kids and one of them like always is like looks like he's on the verge of starvation, you would probably wonder, does this uh, family run well? Well, probably not. Probably wouldn't put that person in charge of the church. You want to make sure that no one falls through the cracks. 99% isn't good enough. Jesus said that a good shepherd, a good leader, is going to go even after that last one. Well, you have to know where your 99 are and where that last one might be. Administration, details. And make sure that the church is healthy. Administration also, it, it, it makes sure that the ministry happens. See, the church doesn't exist just to exist. God didn't just call us. He didn't just uh, save us. You know, in Ephesians 2, Right before our memory verse, it says that we're saved by God's grace through faith, not by works, so that no one can boast. That's what it says right before then, that God saves us not because we were good or because we deserved it, but because he's good and he loves us, which is phenomenal, that we're not saved by doing any of those things, which is awesome. He starts there, that the church exists because God wills it, but then also right after that, in context, the next verse is that we're saved for good works not by them, but yes, absolutely for them, that God designed the church to do something of benefit in this world for Christ. And administration makes sure that takes place, that the church family doesn't just become this strange, isolated family that lives in the backwoods somewhere, you know, just doing its own little thing. But that ministry happens and the church continues to stay healthy. Look what the apostles did in their administration. They said, choose seven men. Make sure that ministry happens. We're not going to neglect this. We're not going to see that, not, that, uh, that these important things, that, that uh, they, they just don't fall through the cracks. They make sure that people are serving and they empower people to serve. So administration is essential to church health. 
Without good administrators, what you will find is a church in which a very small portion of people are doing the majority of the work, which leads to burnout, which leads to ineffectiveness, and it leads to laziness, which eventually leads to the spiritual depression, doesn't it? Because then you just soak in all the truth of God's word, but you have no outlet, which leads to all kinds of bickering and fighting in the church. Administration in the church empowers the church to go and to serve, which is, by the way, why we're doing our Say Yes series, empowering and equipping the church. We all have a part to play. That's what administration does. Third truth about administration is this. Again, my most favorite is empowered by God. We're not in this alone. This is the difference between us and Starbucks, right? Nothing wrong with Starbucks or other big corporations, right? You can build a large institution in this world by nothing other than great administration. You can do that. But Jesus didn't call us to be a giant organization. He said, you are an organism. You are his body. You are his bride. And the difference between us and like a Starbucks or McDonald's, we are not exporting a sales thing. We are changing the world by the kingdom of God. We're inviting new folks into the family of God. Administration makes that happen because it does something that people can't do. It transforms people from sinners to saints. From darkness to light, from hopelessness to hope. And only God can make that change in a person's life. Administration is empowered by God, which means this. For those who serve in administrative ministry, what they will find is that God through them does so much more than they could do on their own. Want to see the proof of that? The 12 disciples. Did you read about them in the Gospels? Yeah, you can read about these guys. Probably not the perfect CEO world changers that, that you would expect, right? None of them had the Ivy League education, right? If you put any one of these guys in charge of Starbucks today, probably would go under, right? Why? These were, these were fishermen. These were small-time guys. Some of them were tax collectors. Yeah, they had some of those things. Most of them, this wasn't their skill set. This wasn't their gifting. This wasn't their passion. But God's put them in a place and said, you know what? I need you to build my church. And so these 12, with their limited amount of ability, they worked with God, and God transformed the world through the church. God did so much more through them than I think they could take credit for on their own. Isn't that fascinating? That these 12 men build a church in a hostile environment, and they go beyond what even Rome itself was able to do. Did you know what the that the church actually expanded beyond the boundaries of Rome, as big as Rome was, that by the end of the, the first century, by the end of the apostles' life, we find there were Christians all the way up in Germania, which was outside of Rome. There were Christians in Britannia, which was outside of Rome. In fact, eventually they built walls around that area. The Romans did because they couldn't conquer those areas, but the gospel already conquered those areas. That by the end of their life, the gospel had gone down into Africa, far south from anywhere the Romans had gone. That these 12, in a hostile environment with limited resources and despite all kinds of oppression and opposition, were able to see an organization, the church, grow. Even beyond what the Romans were able to do. And the Romans were really good administrators. God was at work working with them. It is the same in the church today. God works in and through godly administrators in the body. And he does so much more than they could ever take credit for. See how the qualifications of administrators in the church, do you see what the, the, how they chose them? There was two things that the, the apostles said. 
We need to have, you want to have some deacons, some administrators in the church, there are two things that you should look for. And we see them in verse 3. And it says here, it says, Brothers and sisters, choose seven men amongst you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. Full of the Spirit and of wisdom. You know the very first thing they said is full of the Spirit. Before they even looked at wisdom, do they have a relationship with the Lord? Are they filled with the Holy Spirit? Why? Because it's a team effort. Just great administrators will never build a great church. Great Christian administrators build great churches. The very first thing is saying, are you partnering with the Holy Spirit? Are you partnering with God? And this, is, I think, is the challenge for administrators because they're so good at details, like making sure that one plus one always equals two. But the crazy thing about ministry is sometimes one plus one equals a million, right? Sometimes one plus one is, is God works so much more, and so sometimes we're called to act in faith. And sometimes administrators have to say, okay, I'm working with God. I'm going to ask God, what is it you're going to do through us? I'm just going to make sure the details get taken care of. So that you have to start by being a person that loves the Lord, that is including him in, in, in your thinking, in your life, that actually administrates by faith. But then also, it doesn't just end there. It's not just that they're full of faith, but they also have to say, and wisdom. They got to be smart. You don't put somebody, you know, who, who can't count to 10 in front of, you know, counting the church uh, offering. That's, that'll be bad. Right? You have somebody who's competent. You've got to have somebody who knows what they're doing. Good administrators are a gift and a blessing. Those two things together, when they are paired together, are hugely important and grows the body. And without them, usually a church family will sputter out into ineffectiveness, and the rest of the body never gets a chance to really exercise the gifts that they were called to do. Such an essential ministry. So how do we say yes to administrative ministry at our church. Well, if you have your bulletins, your programs there, on the inside, there's a purple sheet. Looks like this. There's a little menu of some opportunities that we have. First steps into administration ministry, even here. Easy ways in. You'll notice that in our, in our body, there are three major areas that we have for administration ministry. The first one is finances, finance team. The second one is in leadership. And the third one is office administration, right? And each one is very different and unique, but they're all kind of uh, serve these same things. So I'm going to go through them real briefly. The first one is our finance ministry. This leads to like our finance team or our treasurer and financial secretary, which uh, eventually we, we grow into. But beginning, it's, it's making sure our finance ministry is all about this, investing God's resources and his priorities, right? How many people have had their sh- faith shipwrecked because their church family misused God's resources? That's horrible, right? How many great ministries didn't take place because churches misused the resources that God blessed them with on selfish things instead of godly things? A whole lot. See, investing God's resources into his priorities is really, really important. And because we have, we have a good budget, we make sure that it's not just that the numbers match up, but that it also the priorities match up and align with what God has for us, things can happen. Like, we have lights on this morning, Right? You have coffee and donuts, and there's a place to park, and all kinds of good stuff can happen. There's actually Bibles for Bible studies and stuff like that. Well, that doesn't just happen. Good financial management, good financial stewardship is required. And there are some that have been gifted and brought to this church family who are gifted in this area. And maybe that's you. And how do you begin serving in that? Well, the very first step we would ask you to take is, why don't you help serve as a a helper for our Financial Peace University? Why? Why? Because it's not just running the whole household of Christ, 
We need to gain a heart for the individuals, the families in Christ. Financial Peace University trains and teaches us how to invest and steward our money in a godly way. And to be a helper in that class is you are facilitating, you're showing it's not just you, but you have a passion and desire to help others in the church family to grow financially faithful and solid. And so this is a great next step, a way of beginning to serve God in that area. How about in leadership? Leadership eventually leads to things like deacons and deaconesses and and areas of leadership in the church. Also leads to like elder and things like that. But to begin with, what are those characteristics, those qualities that help us to grow in faithfulness? What is is leaders in the church, what are the the characters and the gifts that they normally have? Well, some things we find there versus congregational care. You know, the Bible talks about leaders in the church are supposed to love the body. We're not just managers, but we actually are supposed to really, really love the body of Christ. Like when somebody in our church is hurting, we hurt. When somebody is celebrating the body of Christ, we're really excited when something good happens. Well, give me your gift of that way. You have that kind of heart. Congregational care crew, part of that would be part of this. This is somebody that's going to go and, like, if we know somebody in the church is, is sick, you can go pray with them, maybe in the hospital, go visit them. You know, this is a person that maybe throws a phone call to somebody who's going through a difficult time, brings encouragement. You want to come alongside the pastoral staff and just loving our church family and caring for them? This is a great way to, to start serving in administrative ministry. It's important. Nobody falls through the cracks. Or how about this? Our prayer team. You know that, that in the body of Christ that we're supposed to be connected with God to make sure that the details of making sure that we ask God first doesn't, doesn't get missed? This is really important. And some people are gifted and called. Not all Christians are called to pray, right? We need to talk to God. We need to make sure that we're getting our orders from the chief. But some people are really, really gifted at prayer. They have a passion and a heart for it. If that's you, the very first place to start serving in this is our prayer team. What you'll get is you'll, every week, as, as, as our members give us prayer requests, they say, listen, I want our, our prayer team to pray for it. That's who you're going to get. You're going to get that list. And you can pray for our body. And it's amazing. This morning, I had two people come up and share answered prayer. God did miraculous things. Like, God is at work. It's pretty awesome. Well, it's at work. God invites us to come before him and to ask for his wisdom, ask for his help. If you want to be part of that prayer team, this is how you would do it. Just say, I want to be part of this. You'll get an email every week, and we expect you to go and to begin praying. And like next steps, that leads to a more of a strategic prayer team when we're praying about specific things in the body and in the community, what God wants us to do. But this is a great place to start, and we encourage you to start there. How about this, uh, ministry ladder support crew? Well, do you know that uh, administration really is about equipping other people to serve? That's what our say yes is all about. You don't know that there's a lot of structure behind all of this to make sure that we help you grow in Christ. And I've already uh, tipped my, ha- my hand here. I'm, I am not gifted as an administrator. I'm learning a lot about how to administrate better so I can do this for you. But I find in Scripture, like uh, Moses himself, he wasn't a great administrator. So what did his uh, father-in-law say to do? Surround yourself with administrators, right? Uh, empower other people to help you with the details and to do those things. And that's exactly what we're doing. That's what ministry support is all about. It's making sure that those who begin serving in Christ don't get dropped, that you continue to grow, not just what you're doing, but who you're becoming. And if you would like to come along beside me and help me in this ministry, this is what that is all about. And so it's going to be doing things like calling people when they sign up for serving in ministry, making sure that they are scheduled, that that they have any difficulties, that they have somebody to talk to, make sure that we help everybody serve in an effective way. That's what that ministry is about.
And then outside of finance and, and leadership, we also find a very practical el- level of just making sure things get done. And so we talk this about this office administration, right? This is, oftentimes it's the behind the scenes, it's the little things, it's the details to make sure that everyone is served and cared for. That's what this area is. First one is like office crew. It's kind of doing general stuff. Maybe it's answering a phone call. You know how important it is when you call the church if somebody's there and says, hey, thanks for calling. How can I help you, right? A cheerful voice and making sure that a, a good message gets passed on. That's important, Right? Uh, it could be organizing stuff. Maybe you're really good at organizing papers and that does not overwhelm you. Like for me, if I look at a file drawer and there's papers in there, I just like melt. I'm like, it's, that's like my kryptonite. Like it's just like, ah, right? But if for you that's empowering and you see order where everyone else sees chaos, there's a ministry for you, right? Office administration. Do you'd like to come in and partner with Carissa in the office and helping get all of this done? That's where a great place to be able to start serving. Or how about bulletins, our, our, our programs that you come in? Isn't it awesome? You come every week and you have this great tool put together and it's color-coded and there's all kinds of stuff that's in there. That doesn't just happen by magic, right? You ask Carissa. She puts some time into it. If you have an ability you'd like to just be able to do, put those things together. And I would say not just putting those together, but pray for the church as you're putting those programs together. It's powerful. If you would like to help us with that, that's a great place to start serving. Or how about proofreading? Little known fact, I'm a little bit dyslexic, and so I reverse letters and words and sometimes sentences and sometimes thoughts and ideas when I'm writing. It's fun. Uh, you know, my wife has uh, been my proofreader for a long time, and she's uh, remarkable at catching and trying to know And I say. Also, I go fast. I'm not a detail person, so I'm typing. And sometimes Siri has a different idea than I did about what I was going to type and puts in weird words that are sometimes inappropriate, Right? Having somebody go in and test and look through and make sure that uh, what was meant to be communicated is, is really important. And maybe you're gifted that way. Well, there's a place for you. And that might be an area to serve. Or how about here we have our, our weekly update, which is communicating, keeping in touch with the church body. through it's like We have our weekly update every week to say what's going on in the church, get the announcements out there, all that kind of stuff. And Krista does a great job, but there's a lot more that we can really be doing in that ministry to help connect. And you have a heart and a passion to make sure that we're communicating well so that great things can happen. There's a place for you. Or how about our special projects crew? Uh, a lot of things happen in the church. Like even this next week, we're going to have a, a bunch of middle schoolers who, uh, a few high schoolers who have decided to take a couple weeks off of their summer and come and serve other churches. So they're going to be helping out here at the church and doing some stuff. Well, that's going to require somebody to help make sure things happen, get set up and all of that. Well, we have this week's done taken care of, but we have opportunities that happen from time to time. Sometimes it's cleaning at a closet or cleaning the kitchen or, or organizing an area or just... Uh, whatever small projects there might be, if you would like to help in those areas, this is a place for you to serve. You see, these are all small steps. Most of these uh, require nothing more than maybe an hour once a month for three months. That's most of where three months you just sign up a commitment, say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve for about three months, and most of them are just like an hour a month. The prayer team is going to be a little bit more. That's like an hour a week, but it's not hard. It's not huge, and there's a reason why we did that for these are first steps. They lead to greater areas of service and ministry, but the reason we started all of these with these first steps that aren't huge is because of this. We're following Christ's model. Jesus didn't ask his disciples on day one, hey, build my church. On day one, he said, follow me, right? Then he said, listen to me. Then he said, believe me. Then he said, you know, do what I've been doing. I right? just copy that, right? Then he sent them out. Okay, now, now teach others to do this, right? Now build my church. Oftentimes, we, we would say that 
Steps into ministry, these are not small things. If the apostles never took the step to follow, they never would have got the part of doing the big things, the building the church. These are first steps. To engage in ministry, to begin serving. And so each one of these, I encourage you to, to look over those, pray about them. And I'll tell you what, as we uh, uh, kind of bring this message to a close, we have one more. Next week we're going to talk about missions, and then we go into the book of Acts. But as we kind of bring this to a close, I want you to, to, to think about administration ministry and you. Now realize how important ministry is. Administration is so important. Administration helps lead, serve, and, and guard the church, keeps us healthy. Administration helps support the ministry of the church. is essential to church health and growth. Administrative ministry is also empowered by God. It's an empower, important ministry. And granted, there's not a ton of administrators out there. You'll notice the apostles, uh, he said uh, in there, the, the apostles say he chose 12, right? Out of 3,000. Right? If you're an administrative gifted person, um, it's kind of a, uh, it's a smaller niche, but because it's so important uh, that God has gifted the church with you. Good works that God has prepared in advance for you. I would encourage you to invest those gifts and those talents in serving God. And so uh, how would you say yes to one of these? Maybe today you're looking at that. You know God's gifted you administratively. How would you say yes to this? Well, one of the things you could do, if you know there's one of these that you want to do, write it on your connection card. Say, I want to say yes to this. And what we'll do is we're gonna, you'll get an email, and then we're going to invite you to a class, and we'll get you started. And it's going to be a training. It's usually like about an hour. And I'll teach you kind of how this works, and we'll get you scheduled and trained so that way you can start serving. And then three months later, we'll follow up with you, see how it went. <laughs> All right, that's how it works. So if you want to join one of those, write down the title of what it is, and then we'll get you scheduled. Make sure I have your name and your email address, your phone number, how I can get a hold of you to get you settled. All right, maybe uh, you're like, I think I want to serve in this, but I don't quite sure know where or how. Well, that's why you'll notice that lovely Say Yes kiosk is back there. All of the job descriptions from all of the different areas of ministry are there. We invite you to peruse those, look over them. If you find one that you want to do, take it out, sign your name onto it, drop it into the offering basket, uh, even in follow weeks, and then we'll help you connect in ministry. Regardless of whether or not you want to serve in administration ministry or anything else, we all have next steps. Remember, the Word of God does warn us and say, listen, let's never go to the Word and then leave unchanged, right? There's always a next step for all of us. So I encourage you to take out your connection card. And on the back side, I've got next steps for everybody, something that we can all do to grow in Christ. So this week, on the back side, you'll say some, some challenge you'd have. My next steps are maybe it's to memorize Ephesians 2.10. Why? Not just so you know more of God's Word, but so that more of God's Word can impact who you are. It becomes a filter for how we see the world, right? That you are God's handiwork. Maybe that's right where you need to start. That you're not a mistake. That how you are made and the things that you have gone through in life are there for a reason. God is actively right now working all things together for your good because you are called according to His purpose, also to the kingdom of God. It's amazing what happens when you begin to trust God's truth. And maybe it is that you've been called to good works. Maybe it's an understanding that you are called in Christ Jesus. This is where we find that peace, that place. I'll tell you what, God's word is powerful. And start with memorizing this. And don't just memorize it. Think about, pray about how does it apply to your life. And if that's you, I invite you there on the connection card. There's a nice perforated memory verse card. You can take that with you. It's a tool we provide. Maybe that's your effects. Next one you might want to do is read Acts 9 through 14. Do you want to see how the church grows? In two weeks, we're going to be finishing up our Acts series. We've been doing it two different sessions, right? And so we're going to be starting uh, at uh, Acts 15 and going to the end of the book, right? To prepare for that, I've invited you and prepared so you can read up through Acts so everything's in context when we start going through it this summer. 
So last week I asked you to read Acts 1 through 8, and this one is 9 through 14. So you could spend some time in God's Word just reminding ourselves what we studied through already. And then next week, guess what? I'm going to challenge you to read the rest of Acts so you know what the whole series is about. So that was a good way of, of connecting with God. Or how about this? Maybe you want to just start with asking God where he wants you to serve. That's a great place to start. And maybe that's your next step this week. Or how about maybe your next step is to say yes to ministry. And I would say on this one, say yes to administrative ministry. Maybe you don't know where you want to serve administration yet, but you know your administrative gifts. And you say, I'm going to say yes to this, but I need some time to to consider it and to pray over it. Let me know, because I'll be praying with you, that God will give you direction and wisdom. Or maybe what you need to do is join the gifts class. Maybe you don't know if you're a foot or an eyeball in the body of Christ, right? You don't know which system you fit in. This is a class that helps you decide and figure that out. And when it, uh, it's going to be in a couple weeks. The, the uh, class is starting to kind of fill up, so I want to make sure that I have a place for you. If you want to be part of that, let me know. Sign up and uh, give me your name, email address, and, and we'll get you all the information to be part of that class. Or maybe there's something else that the Holy Spirit is telling you to do right now. Well, write it down. Always say yes to God. Right? That's, that should be the attitude of disciple. Yes to God, whatever he has for us. Let me know as your pastor. I'll be supporting you, praying with you through that. In just a minute, uh, when we'll be taking our offering, as we do, I invite you to take these connection cards along with your, your commitments and your prayer requests. Drop those in the offering basket, and uh, we'll see what, what God does. All right, so uh, if you wouldn't mind, let me pray a blessing over you and also for our commitments and, and our offering. And then uh, Zach and the worship team will uh, lead us out with some good, good praise. Let's do that. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all these dear ones who are here today, who've come to worship you as your body. We come to give you glory. We thank you, God, that you have made us for good things. Lord, help us to be faithful, not just to do the good things, but to do those good things as an act of worship, of putting you at center in our life so that we can see your presence and your power manifest through us to bring yourself glory and to do good things in this world. Lord, I pray for the commitments that we've made today. Help us to keep those. Draw draw us closer to you in that. Acts of faith, Lord, I know that you honor them, so let us honor you with them. Lord, we pray, too, for our tithes and our offerings. We worship you even with our treasures. Father, only just beginning there, we want you at the center of all of our life. Would you take our gifts, our tithes, the faithfulness that expressed and and bringing back to you a portion which you've given to us. Lord, would you, you give us the wisdom, Father, to... Invest those resources according to your priorities, that your kingdom come and your will be done right here, just as it is in heaven. And Father God, we pray in all of this that you would empower us to be your body. Lord, that we would be unified in truth and in hope and in life, that we would impact this community in a way of love and of redemption, but lift us up in order to shine like a city on a hill to bring you glory. We ask that in Christ's name. Amen.